Hello, welcome to another McLaren Fans podcast. Uh, this week we're going to talk about the Miami Grand Prix, um, not Miami Vice, the 80s TV programme, although I did see some TV coverage in the UK that kind of ripped that off a little bit and uh, made me want to kind of revisit my youth. Not that I lived in Miami or anything like that, but anyway, this week we're joined by Sarah. Uh, say hello, Sarah. Hello, Sarah. And um, we're also joined by a long-time Formula One friend that we've known for a long, long time, um, all the way from almost the other side of the world. Uh, she's not from down under, Sarah. No, she's below me. I'm pointing at her because when you see us on YouTube... All right. she's above me. So <laughs> that's why I'm confused. <laughs> all right. Um, welcome, Helen. Thank you for joining Hello. us. Hello. Thank you for having me. It's no problem, no problem at all. Um, now, you've been an F1 McLaren fan for a while? Many, many, many years. Um, <laughs> we were just trying to think, and I can't actually remember. For, for as long as I've known, I've been a, a McLaren fan, a Formula One fan. Yeah, well, it's, so- it's at least 10 years since I kind of met you guys. Is it about 10 years since I met you guys on a pit walk, or was it after the race somewhere? Yeah, um, and I was trying to think, because I've been to a couple of races that you guys have been to. I know we've all been to Monza together. Yeah, um, Barcelona. Barcelona. Yeah. Abu, Abu Dhabi. Yeah, I think I met, I think maybe we've done that separately in May. Yeah. yeah, different times. You've done some exciting ones, Helen. You've been to Baku. Yes, went to the first ever one at Baku. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Where else have you been? Bahrain? In Australia? Australia two or three times. Singapore. Yeah, I Malaysia. think I might have, I think we might have crossed paths in Australia as well. We have, yeah. See, we, yes. we meet up everywhere. <laughs> and yeah. Helen and I spent a lovely weekend in Monaco together. Was the race yes. actually on or was it just like a romantic? Yeah. <laughs> yes, the, yes, the race was on. <laughs> There's, I don't, there's some things we don't say about that weekend. It was, uh, yeah. They were highs. <laughs> Very tiring. They yeah. were lows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we focus on the highs. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah the, the walk after the race, I, I, I wasn't sure we were going to get our flight back. Yeah, I think you cut that flight a bit fine. <laughs> yeah, like um, everybody thinks that, um, you know, the world of F1 is glamour. And, you know, sort of all these uh, sort of paddock club and everything else like that and champagne by the trackside. Actually, it's, um, you know, a bottle of squash and a, a cheese sandwich or a crisp sandwich if you're from the north of England. And, um, yeah, <laughs> you know, wrapped in cellophane, uh, a kind of pop. And then, yeah, we all scramble back for a train to yeah. try and get the cheapest flight back you know, to wherever Monaco, we came from. Monaco was the yin and yang because... Helen and I were in the Fairmont looking down at the hairpin one day, drinking our very nice cocktail that Mike paid for, I seem to remember. Um, and then we were climbing up the hill on Rocher, the rock, um, in, the, in the cheap seats on Sunday. And she'll always remember me walking into a rubbish bin on our way back to the, to the apartment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and when you say sitting, sitting in our seats, um, I, I don't remember it being a seat. I, it was just the muddy, rocky ground. <laughs> it was indeed. But hey, we've experienced all of the different ways of doing F1, so that's good. Yeah. <laughs> so talking of a street circuit that might be quite expensive to go to, 
that segues nicely into Miami. Yeah, welcome to Miami. Now let's let's talk about that first thing that you said there. It might be expensive to go there. Now we are. I don't know about you guys, but I looked for t- I looked at tickets. I was like, can I go? Can I go to Miami? You know, let's go. And then I saw the ticket prices. It was five hundred pounds for Friday. Um, McLaren McLaren Doggo is going to like this. Rain's rain's here. We've now got another dog on the podcast. And the dog (laughs) has just left the podcast. (laughs) Just did. She doesn't want to talk about Miami. That's That's what she thought of the race. Yeah. So, Um, yeah, $500, $500, I think it was, for the Friday. $800 for qualifying and race day. You know. Do you know what it feels to me? It feels, and it's not just Miami that I've seen this. It's other tracks as well, um, you know, Budapest and um, kind of Monza even, you know, sort of tracks that, are, you know, you could normally get pretty decent price tickets for, almost yeah. double, triple in prices in some places. Are we starting to see the the sort of bad side of this sort of resurgence of F1 because of maybe because of DTS or something like that? Where because there's a lot of tickets, a lot of yeah. people want tickets, the prices are going through the roof. Um, I know it's supply and demand, but there's you know there's fans out there that have gone for years and years are going to be priced out of this. The problem is this year you can't tell, and the reason you can't tell is so many people rolled over their tickets from COVID. You know they didn't feel comfortable travelling last year. They were given the option to roll it over. That's part of the reason Silverstone sold out. Other places are sold out. Because maybe fifty percent of their content is people that rolled over their ticket price, you know. So, yeah, I think we'll have to wait to see next year to see a true picture of that. But certainly, I looked at Hungary, and where I'd sat before was double the price now than it was previously. So, yeah, um, yeah, that'll be. I, mean, a I, I doubt we're going to see the prices for for Miami come down, but it's still probably on that list of races to go to, isn't it? And tick that box. Yeah. I would say races to go to. To enjoy the atmosphere, maybe not the race itself. <laughs> I would, I would agree with you there, and I think Helen, you'd probably agree from when we went to Monaco. There's some races that are a spectacle to be at, but don't look good on telly. And Miami, I thought yesterday was certainly one of those. Would you agree, Helen? When we went to Monaco, that was more exciting being there than than what you see on television, wasn't it? Definitely, and. I, I, one that stands out for me, which was has always been good to be there, watch the race, has been Hungary because we we've sat on the the final turns in the silver stand and seen some amazing action on the track there. But then, yeah, Budapest is a great city afterwards. But I feel like I've had better atmospheres. So, for example, like you say, Monaco, Monza. The atmosphere has been better, but what I've actually seen from my seat hasn't hasn't been as good, say, as Hungary. So I think, yeah, Miami could be like that. And like you say, with the ticket prices, you know, we have been fortunate some years to go to a couple of races because we've picked good stands at a low price. Yep. It might yeah. now be instead of, I mean, it is very fortunate when you can do two, but it might just be doing one because of the prices. Yeah. 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 We've all got a budget, haven't we, at the end of the day? And uh, apparently we need to spend more of that paying for our electricity over here now. So uh, 
yeah that may that may limit our uh, our budget for that i will just add i'm going to barcelona my general admission ticket was 140 euros so boom boom for the circuit of catalonia yeah <laughs> even in real having the circuit cat <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so let's get back to Miami. So, yeah. so you've, you've seen some of the coverage and mm. the street circuit, the layout of the track, you know, it was all put in car parks. It was basically, apart from the pit buildings, temporary around the Hard Rock Stadium. What did you think of the layout? Ah. Valencia is the word I'm going to use. <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> um. <laughs> I was expecting a bit more, a bit more atmosphere, a bit more kind of like, don't know. It just felt a bit like you could have been watching the race in Valencia. It just didn't really have that pizzazz on the track that I was expecting. I'm asking you more about the layout of it, though. Like, um, what did you think? You know, I mean, I mean, you know, we, we cut, we're we're going back and forth quite quickly here, but mm. I saw some of the pieces of track had to be resurfaced over the weekend because they uh, were causing problems for the drivers. The walls, for instance, we saw the accidents where they've hit the concrete and they didn't have the tech pro. Yeah. Did, you, did you have any thoughts on the actual layout of it? I mean, these things all evolve over time, don't they? So next year it'll probably be a lot better. Yeah. Like you say, I think. I think coming from a sort of brand new race point of view, I was quite, well, yeah, there's a few things that I'd probably tweak and change. I'd like to see maybe a few, you know, maybe a few more faster corners or something like that. But I think the point that you made there that stands out for me was the, the, the concrete barriers. And we, uh, was it Saudi this year that um, Mick Schumacher smashed into the concrete yeah. barrier? Yeah, Jeddah. Uh, you know, it, it's becoming a worry for me because, you know, we seem to be putting these in a lot of circuits where drivers are crashing into them. And um, I thought that's not the idea of the designs of these circuits. And they all seem to be new street circuits. So they're all probably designed by the same people. And I kind of wonder, is, is there not somebody sat there now scratching their head thinking, maybe we need to do something a little bit better about these and design them a slightly better way. But as for the layout, it didn't... Con- it didn't really give us the racing I wanted, if that makes sense. There wasn't the overtakes. There wasn't any real exciting action. In fact, I know I'm probably going to get lots of hate for this, but it reminded me a little bit of a Formula E circuit. <sighs> we, all know, we all know that Andy hasn't warmed to Formula E yet, so that's what he's saying there, really. But... But I suppose it would do because Formula E is all about street circuits anyway. So by na- naturally, that would be the case. Are you telling me, though, that you weren't excited to see a marina that had no water in it and oh. had a fake ground? Um, I was excited to see many celebrities trying uh, and, and TV presenters <laughs> try and actually swim in it. But yeah. yeah, I just thought I thought that was a bit and that was a bit crass. And I thought the beach part of it was a little bit crass as well. It seemed like kind of, yeah, just gimmicky. Yeah, a bit tacky, a bit, a bit tacky. cheesy. Yeah. Uh, and I think, pardon, sorry. I was just going to say, do you, do you think in a way it did work? Because we are all talking about it. Um, yeah, maybe. Is, it, maybe. Is, that what they, is that what they wanted? 
Well, everyone's talking about the fake water and and the mermaid. It's it's brought attention to it. I think they wanted maybe not what we were expecting. It was was huge. It was the biggest thing they'd ever put on, Um, and I think you know that was the American side to it. They wanted it to be the biggest spectacle, and maybe that's nice. But when I'm watching a racing car and they cut away to show me a woman dressed as a mermaid sitting in a pool. You know, as an F1 fan, I'm more interested in the cars. <laughs> you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm, not, I'm going to be controversial here to probably a lot of our male listeners out there. But I remember years ago where they had a tendency to cut away from the cars to sort of drivers' girlfriends, wags or whatever, right? Let's call them wags or whatever the term is. Yep. And um, in the garage, it infuriates me when they do that. I'm not that bothered. I don't want to know who Tiffany Cromwell is. Who is she? What is she yeah, doing there? No, and yet you know her name. Um, <laughs> only, only because she's a cyclist and I follow cycling as well. Yeah. That's it, right? But, um, you know, I, I don't want to know who, whether the Kardashians are in the Red Bull garage or something like that. Really, absolutely no interest to me whatsoever. Um, and probably isn't to the sort of average Formula One fan. But Yeah. I was quite happy to see David Beckham in our garage at one point. I was like, oh, he's in McLaren. Yeah, it's but... only because I felt competitive about which team was he with, you know. That's all oh, right, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I can see that. But, you know, it's like, do we really need that as part of the coverage? I guess they're just trying to promote it a bit more and yeah. make it a bit more razzmatazz. Um, but, uh, I mean, do it when there's a break in action or something like that. But they've got a real tendency in F1 and FOM to sort of like cut away. cut away and then you come back and, you know, something big has happened on track. So, and, and particularly, I don't know, Helen, did you see the opening ceremony at all? Did you see any coverage of that? Um, I saw the grid walk. Um, and so it, on yeah. Thursday I, night, I, on Thursday night, they had this opening oh, ceremony. No. I don't because of the time difference. The first thing we watched was, was the group. Well, sorry. So they had a DJ. They had the drivers on stage. They had the W Series drivers on stage, which I thought was nice because they were part of the weekend too. And then they kept cutting away to the fans who were watching, most of whom looked like they were models, not fans. And that appeared to be, you know, what you've just said, Andy, about cutting away to look at women in the garage kind of thing. There seemed to be an element of let's make everyone look super glamorous, you know. It was Yeah. It didn't feel real. And let's, uh, let's go back to that word I used earlier before. Tacky. Tacky cheesy. Tacky and, and cheesy. Do you know what? I actually wrote down on one of my notes here. All fluff and jazz, no substance. Is that a northern sort of saying? Not right. Really, I don't know. Um, but that's kind of my sort of how it kind of felt. All this razzmatazz, everything else like that. But actually, when you got down to it, the, the race was pretty crap. <laughs> now, Helen, Helen, you started saying about the grid walk, which I've seen lots of articles about today in normal press. So the grid walk seems to have transcended F1 fandom and seems to be in the Independent, the Guardian, the Times, you know, all these other places. So uh, what did what did you think of the grid walk when you watched it? I have never seen so many people and n- <laughs> never seen Martin struggle to move about. Yeah. I, I felt so sorry for him. <laughs> it, it's, 
I mean, there's so many celebrities on there and, but you, you didn't see anything of the cars or the drivers. And I know they're in their zone and they might not want to be interviewed, but you know, the, the camera, it normally picks up something, but it, it was just, I guess, a bit like the guest list of the Met Gala or something. And do you know what? Some of the teams were having trouble moving around the cars, doing their, you know, their setup, everything they needed to. I saw Red Bull, you know, David Beckham's in the middle having a photo taken. There's all this stuff going on. That's that's their preparation for a race. Mm. You know, I think I think aside from all the spectacle, we need to remember this was a motor race that was going to happen. Um, all these people wandering about, having a good time, having a look at things. That's great, you know, but you're right the grid was totally full and I think that may have caused problems. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to hear from someone in a team, whether it, you know, inhibited their work or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, I pointed out the drivers, but yeah, you're right. The, the rest of the team is as well. They've, they've got a job to do. Um, they need space to do it. Thinking time. Yeah. yeah it's their last opportunity as well as a team to do something about anything on the car. Yeah, yeah definitely. So. One celebrity I will call out is, James Corden, who is a bit Marmite because people seem to love him or hate him. But I have seen he spent the whole weekend with McLaren filming, uh, some of which looked a bit cheesy, as we mentioned. But some of it, you know, will be quite fun to see that he was uh, he was doing pit stops. He was putting Lando and Dan through their their training paces. The crop tops didn't do it for me, but um but I look forward to seeing that when that's on because at the end of the day, it's a bit of publicity for our team, isn't it? So it's good. It's good to spread the word. More McLaren fans out there in the US. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so I saw a little bit of that. And like you say, I'm not going to be rushing to the McLaren store to buy one of the crop tops. Not my style at all. <laughs> I don't think I've quite got the figure for it. I don't think they'll be on sale, Andy. Do you not? So uh, we saw a lot of drivers had special crash helmet designs this weekend. Danny Rick went for the Ace Ventura look with the flowery shirt sort of pattern on it. Um, And Lando went for a basketball, which I quite liked. And as we were discussing earlier, that was out to order. and, And I ordered that from Lando's website yesterday. Helen, what did you think of the the special Miami lids? Did anything catch your eye? I I absolutely loved Lando's one too. It it was right right on point, right right on theme, and yeah, I, I can see why you've ordered it. Um, and it seeing all the the you know the different colours they brought out, some of them with the extra little bits of colour scheme on their car. Yeah, it it had a theme running through it, and yeah. Yeah, I noticed Miami a lot of teams, might not be nothing, but yeah. yeah, it's I thought it was cool. Yeah, I noticed a lot of teams had like new kits and stuff like that. Kind of maybe following on a bit from the McLaren trend from um Monaco last year where all the golf stuff came out. Like this they've all cottoned on to or the I should say the marketing departments have all cottoned on to the idea of specialized kit for weekends and different races and stuff like that, which yeah. I don't think is a bad thing, but and some of it looked really good. Um, I know that there was, you know, very uh, various McLaren things that came out. Um, but yeah, so a few other teams had a sort of Miami themed kit and stuff like that, which was good. Um, should we actually talk about the race itself? That's what I was going to say. We are yeah. we are running out of time, so we probably need to head towards the race, don't we? Yeah. Um, 
from looking at it from my point of view, I thought we got two decent sort of starts given the track and, and the way that it was laid out. I don't think we kind of did too badly on the start. Then really not a lot happened after that. <laughs> I'm struggling to kind of really sort of pick out any sort of bits and pieces. I know that the only thing I've kind of got on my notes here is that we seem to really struggle after Lando's pit stop. We seem to put him back out inside. And I can't remember who was behind. I know Magnussen was one of them, Gasly another. Yeah. And he was just stuck in a DRS train after that. He was. He was. You're right. He got stuck at the back of that DRS train. But I think what happened was, as he exited the pits, his his tires weren't up to heat, and there was just a moment where you know one of the three cars was ahead of him, and then gradually they all overtook him because it just took a while for him to get the hard tires up to heat at that point. And we saw that with some other drivers too. It's probably worth touching on the pit stops there as well, Andy. Sticky nuts, that's my comment to you. Sticky nuts. I think that's the title of the podcast for this week, isn't it? <laughs> well, so Crofty called it out in the in the commentary that when we're at a hotter circuit, we often see people have random pit stops where the guns can't get the nut off or they get yeah. things stuck. So sticky nuts seems the appropriate comment to make. That wasn't just us. That was a lot of teams that were having random pit stop issues like that. But I know you are a lover of pit stop critique, so I yeah. thought you'd uh, you'd be yeah. all over them. I, I kind of feel that I can't really beat them up about it, given that they've done so well this far with the pit stops and stuff like that. And it seems to be, you know, a, an envir- environmental situation with the heat. So yeah. you can't really, you know, I think... We got the cars back out on track in a reasonable amount of time. Um, you know, we didn't end up a, a, like a Bottas in Monaco where, you know, you had, you've got your nuts stripped, which is never a good thing to happen. Oh, sticky nuts, nuts stripped. I'm allergic to nuts, so all of this talk is bad for me. <laughs> but yeah. Um, it's the humidity. It was the humidity as well. Yeah, I wonder if we've changed uh, sort of how the real guns and the nuts work this year because of the new tyre size. That would be quite interesting to find out. Or is it the same yeah. idea as what they had before? It looks to be the same same sort of uh, fittings. But as I say, we've had really good pit stops before now. So the fact that there were a lot of teams having those problems, yeah. I go back to my initial comment, sticky nuts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Now, so yeah, so so we had we had that. That was kind of a moment of significant in our race. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Dan kind of was a bit hampered after quality and getting a grid penalty. Kind of didn't really help him in the race because it was it didn't really it wasn't really an overtaking track, so he didn't really get to climb the order that well. Um, and then was it was it lap forty three where I've got forty one in my notes. Ah, uh, forty one, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was shouting at Gasly, but to be fair, when he rejoined the track, he'd got damage that he'd sustained from Alonso hitting him. Um, we we said there were areas of the circuit that were blind that drivers couldn't see very well. He wouldn't have intentionally hit Lando. And you saw a Haas go by. You saw another Haas go by. Most of Lando went by. Three quarters of Lando. And then yeah. he just caught that rear wheel. Um, what was... What was kind of shocking for me was the wheel came off. Not the yeah. wheel, but the sorry, the tire came off the wheel. Yeah. Um, and then rolled along the the track. 
and I've not seen that happen. For no. I've seen whole wheels come off because they've not been fitted back on properly or something like that. But I've never seen. I think the tires used to strip themselves a few times, didn't they? And they kind of like, yeah, um, sort of disintegrate. But I've never seen like a whole carcass come off and just roll down the track for. A, it must have been uh, something unique to the way it was hit, I think. But yeah. Helen, were you uh, were you awake when that accident happened, or were you dozing uh, off? No, I was. I made it to the end of the race, and uh, yeah, it, it was just terrible luck. Um, and it, we we briefly chatted about this before we came on. It was it got to the point in the race, and a lot was oh, will there will there be a safety car? Won't they? Because it would have made it a bit more interesting, but we didn't want it to be our driver. Yeah, why yeah. the safety car came out? Yeah, um, not that you should be wishing for a safety car, but even even Martin Brundle said it. He yeah. said we need a safety car to brighten this race up. So uh, yeah, it kind of jinxed it, didn't it? And um, yeah. unfortunately, Lando had been on a fifteen race streak of finishing, which was joint highest on the grid, and that's ended that now. But again, the positive to take from that is. How well were we doing that one of our drivers was consistently finishing for 15 yeah. races in a row? You know, yeah. it's a glass yeah. half full situation there. Look at the positives. Exactly. exactly. And I think, you know, it's, you've got to remember it's still early days in this new yeah. regulations. Mm. There's a lot of things we're going to be learning about the car. Yeah. Look at where we were in Bahrain, not even three races ago. So, yeah. you know, to where we are now, we, we've got to more competitive car we're moving forward we i hope there's an upgrade for is it barcelona next in two weeks yeah i'll be there yeah um i expect pit side reporting sarah did i, did I mention yeah. that i'll be there <laughs> i might have mentioned that yeah and then um sort of uh yeah you know i i think there'll be some upgrades come there for us and we'll see you know i'm hoping that we make some more progress i'm not going to make a wild sort of we're going to jump and challenge Ferrari and Red Bull because I think it's a Ferrari and Red Bull fight this season and that's it they will go all out at the front yes tell me one thing before we finish up for the day yeah did you think of the biggest podium that we've ever had in Formula One did you Uh, like I was waiting for the guys from Chips to appear on the motorcycle (laughs) parade (laughs) Uh, for those of you who don't know, Chips was like a eighties TV American cop show. Don't know what Chips is. Google it, people. Yeah. But that, that police escort with bikes—they look like that. Yeah, and we all wanted one of those bikes when we were a kid. Still and, do. Uh, yeah. So tell me, why is it that they made these Pirelli American football helmets and that whereas I thought the Stetson they did in Austin the first year was really cool and I mm. wanted one. I looked at those helmets and thought, bloody hell, they're awful. Well, <laughs> the, the worst thing, the worst, I thought it was a great idea. However, the worst thing was it covered the driver's face. Yeah, <laughs> it's not very well thought out, is it? No. So. And were you awake at that point, Helen? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> but now I am going to go and Google this. Yeah. I think don't, Whatever you do, just don't, don't put driver's helmets in the Google. Put helmets we've we've in done Google, that before. Yeah. Yeah. Helen, Helen uh, is in Dubai, so we'll have to let her off for being asleep at that time yeah. because the hours were very unsuitable for her. Right. Right. Great stuff. Um, that's all we've got time for this week. 
and uh, time flies when you're doing this. Helen, thank you very much for joining us. Hope you've enjoyed it. Thank you so much. I did. Thank you. Great. And uh, good to catch up with you after all this time. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sarah, um, until the next race, which um, I'm not sure. Are you going to be there? I'm not sure if you I'm mentioned I'm not that. sure if I've mentioned it, but I will be in Barcelona <laughs> right. for the next race. So, Anybody that's out there, hit me up on Twitter. Tell me where you'll be. It'd be nice to meet up with you. Yeah, and if you get a selfie, the first person that gets a selfie with Sarah in Barcelona, we're going to send you a McLaren fans cast mug. Oh, there you go. This may be a poison chalice. It might be. <laughs> right, great stuff. Right, uh, next race, Barcelona. We will be back after that, um, dissecting all of the race and trackside food um, <laughs> from our own very own tread. Ted Kravitz, Sarah, which will be trackside. So um, until next time, goodbye.